0: Hello, everybody. I'm Clay Brees, and this is The Watchman. We're sounding the alarm for the peril and the uncertainty that lie ahead. Our commitment is for the objective truth here on The Watchman. And as The Watchman on the wall, we will call out whenever we see those that live in the fifth dimension who attempt to put feelings and emotions in front of facts and truth. We will call out these people and their motives The Motors of Those Living in the Land of Unlimited Imagination, and we do that by expounding on the under-reported facts, and we're going to do that today with Annette Baker. Annette Baker is an environmental science expert. She's a homeschool teacher. She's also a Berks County Republican Committee regional chairwoman, and we also have her on as a candidate, our Republican candidate, our only Republican candidate, running against Judy Swank in the Pennsylvania Senate eleven district and I have a feeling she's gaining traction every day and uh, it's because she is expounding on Judy Swank's smokescreen every day and uh, helping to keep uh, Judy Swank's attempt to prolong this pandemic in Pennsylvania with her favorite Governor Wolf who she seems to vote with more than she would vote with her own husband (laughs) anyway (laughs) welcome to welcome to the (laughs)
1: <laughs> Thanks so much, Clay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's amazing with Judy Schwank. Yeah. You, you'll have a nice field day with her, I'm sure, Annette, as you pontificate on why they should vote for you. Anyway, let's get to our show here. Um, I want to talk a little bit on the uh, well, what we can expect, and um, you know, what is it that the Democrats are looking for? First of all, a transition year. This is going to be, I should say, the next 12 months between now and next May. It's going to be sort of a transition year. And that's why the stock market was kind of rallying when the jobs numbers were way down, because we know that the groundwork's already there for investment to take hold and things to come back. See, investors are looking for strong expansion down the road, and they know this is coming. Investors look for security, future, a secure future economic climate. And then we know that's there and it's coming. And they either invest or they hold back their cash based on what they see. Right now, they see that we had a good economy then, and we're going to go back to it. They know that. So the stock market's on a rebound. And, you know, the fact that we pumped in about or we're pumping in about $7 trillion in the economy in the next couple of years, I am sure that that's helping investors. <laughs> and they're seeing that as pretty good as well, $7 trillion. You know, look, we have a we have big name American technology companies, which are coping with the lockdown and actually are being well placed to take advantage of the recovery coming. I mean, 401ks are picking up and I I guess they picked up almost 30 plus percent in the last few weeks. But we need to look at the growth and how to keep the growth growing after we get back to work. We have to overcome a lot of fear that's been instilled in people. And like I was talking about in the last show, and and Annette and I will be talking about today a little bit, but the media malpractice, the propaganda that's out to these activists that are doing the questions during the press interviews, Trump, they're all wearing masks now. Well, they weren't wearing masks a few weeks ago, but they are now. I don't get it. With the with the virus waning down, they're wearing masks now. Why, why are they doing this? Well, because they want to promote the fear and, can, and continue to perpetuate this fear because they know that that will inhibit people from wanting to go back to work and people wanting to go back to businesses. We have to figure out how to bust that fear. And the problem is we're trying to work against the media. So here we are. Here's Trump trying to figure out how to bust back that fear. And I think what's very compelling in all this is that he's fighting against the the activists and the propaganda. I mean, the propaganda, that's what he's doing. You know, the Democrats believe that growth of business is bad. They we've talked about this. Democrats are globalists and we're going to get to what the globalist agenda is. But the Democrats in general, well, they're targeting the middle class because they have to sink the middle class. They have to make people surgically needing government to take care of their needs. So they want an economic contraction. They're getting what they want with this. The problem is their own constituents are in the same soup that everybody else is in. You see, these Democrats see business as an evil characteristic of our society, and they want to punish those that have investments and give, you know, and basically give, give cash to people and cash incentives to people for not working. That's what they'd rather do. They want more regulations and higher energy and costs and just higher cost overall, and they want to punish growth. The best example of that is the airline fuel emission standards that they wanted to impose on airlines. When airlines biz when airline businesses were virtually non-existent I mean they went from I mean they were down like 90 percent, 98 percent or some huge number. nobody was flying and here they're trying to give an infusion to the airline industry and their their idea of a of a, of a stimulating infusion was to raise their fuel emission standards just when they need it most, right Annette?
1: <laughs> yeah let's <laughs> just drive one more nail in the coffin.
0: I mean, what are your thoughts on some of this, Annette, on, 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 on what they're trying to do with the middle class and, and why they seem to be prolonging this lockdown?
1: Well, I think it's, it, it ultimately it appears to be, you know, from from what the governor is talking about, it seems like it's all about control. It really has very little to do with with COVID. Right now, he's saying that the only way we can really come out of the lockdown and come out of the red zone is to completely defeat this virus. You can't do that. It is not going away. Can he, does he not, apparently doesn't understand biology, doesn't understand science, even though he says this is what's driving his decisions, because we have not eradicated HIV. We haven't eradicated SARS. We haven't eradicated MERS. There's, these viruses stay around for a very long time. And sadly, what they're finding now is that this, this particular virus, COVID maybe. um doing exactly what my son had asked about about a month ago, he was wondering if it was able to alter its uh, genetic structure to basically adapt, change, um, mutate, as it were, as it infects people and moves from host to host. And they're beginning to understand that that may indeed be what's happening. So what then becomes finding a cure to eradicate it, is impossible. Uh, that's why we don't have an HIV or AIDS vaccine now, because it does change its genetic code. So you're not able to always predict it. You can't give a vaccine if you can't predict um, what the body has to build antibodies for. And the problem is, is that as this changes, if the coming out of lockdown is, is predicated on us finding a cure for this for this virus, we will never be out of lockdown. And what people are losing sight of, and this is what concerns me, is the fact that if we are in the red zone where we are in Berks County, um, if we stay in the red zone until July or August, we'll have two months and then they can turn around, the governor can turn around and issue another emergency and put us right back in lockdown in October because it will be, well, it's coming. We have to lock down now to try to avoid more infections. Um, and if we, if we don't do that, we're going to have more deaths. You, you know the mantra. So that is, that is the concern. So how much economic recovery are we really going to have if we only have a couple of months? We're not going to have very much at all. And you know the whole concern with voting, I mean people are really concerned. Why I asked this before and I, I'm going to continue asking, why would the governor pick two days after the primary election to say that he's going to begin to ease restrictions or that because he'll it's, he'll it's take another look theme. at that?
0: Because he it's wants to exactly. Pressure, he wants to pressure the Speaker of the House to change the, the, the primary again. Look, in Pennsylvania, the Speaker of the House has sole authority on the primary election on elections okay so the people that the only person that can change the date of an election is the speaker of the house of Pennsylvania. the governor can't do it other states the governor can do it but not here so what does he do so he says well i can control when the shutdown takes place so i'm going to say the shutdown ends on the fourth well folks let me help you here we're having an election on the second regardless of his shutdown date on the fourth it doesn't matter we're having an election on the second And I'm telling you, this is where the rubber's going to meet the road. The Republicans are going to come out and vote, and the Democrats aren't. And I think in in, in counties like Berks County, where where both Annette and I live, we're going to be having actual elections with precincts open. Now, some counties, I think Montgomery County is closing a bunch of theirs. They're only going to have about half or a little more than half of their precincts open. Um, You know, bottom line is uh, that you can't, they're going to have, Republicans are going to likely go vote. And the Democrats aren't. Now, what they what they understand, and I think uh, we've talked about this on previous shows, is the mindset of a Republican versus the mindset of a Democrat. Uh, recent polling, I think I saw from Gallup or somebody, but that showed about 50 percent of Republicans. This is as of a week or two ago. This is of, as of a week or two ago. And that's not even like as of now. But as of a few, of a few weeks ago, about 50 percent, 48 percent of Republicans are ready to go back to work. Only three percent of Democrats. I mean that shows you about the psychological makeup of, of of a party player. You know what is the psychological makeup of a Democrat? Who who comprises the Democrat Party? We've heard the term "snowflakes." Okay, well that's why the term has any traction at all, because it truly is a snowflake. Okay, when they're all like minded like that. I mean, re, I mean to see Democrats completely out there. I mean, saying we don't want to go back to work as of a couple of weeks ago when states are reopening. But they're still terrified. They're still trying to enforce mask wearing. And as we said before, and I'll say it every time I bring it up, if masks kept us safe, then why don't we just reopen wearing masks? Because we know masks don't keep us safe. But Annette, did you see the psychological makeup of the Democrat versus the Republican here? I mean, it truly is a it's it's truly a it's it's a remarkable difference between the mindset of an individual versus well, a, a, a greater good societal globalist. I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, the snowflake society. I mean, the, the people that are abjectly terrified of getting, of getting struck by lightning when they go outside. I mean, that's what this is. That's what this is like. They're going to get struck by lightning if they go outside. Look, what is the real agenda of a make China great again globalist? And then I'm going to get to this a little bit in that. I mean, uh, they want a government that has a powerful influence on the people. Why do they want that? Okay, well, they feel that the masses have no ability to govern themselves. That's why. See, the Democrat plan plunges this country in the malaise, misery, economic depression. Look, I see nine points in their agenda, most of which is not being broadcast by the mainstream media. That's just a fact. You know, they have abortion rights, gay rights, climate change policies and everything else. Where the cure is worse than the condition, higher prices for everything. Effective economic suppression. That's what they want. Obviously, part of their agenda is to impeach the president. I mean, they want globalism. That's what they want. They want to end America first policies. Open borders. I mean, they want open borders. And, and we know what that is. Open borders, sanctuary cities. That's what they want. You know, and they—they they, that's part of their agenda. They want to legalize drugs for tax money. Just ask, just ask Fetterman, our, 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 our stone cowboy lieutenant governor timothy leary look-alike. ask him <laughs> you know they again you know universal health care reform which you know in, including health care for for illegals they want medicare for all doctors for no one that's what they want which is going to increase access and decrease quality i mean that's this is insane they want societal change by the marxist change agents removing our america first tradition look Identity, politics, collectivism, they're all used to break from the traditions of the majority in order to affect societal change. Their end goal is to change the traditions and principles of this society. What these change agents use are scare tactics and political argue bargy to get the vote. Do we see this happening right now, Annette? Scare tactics?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, today, uh, for those of you that, you know, there, there have been... Um, in the last two weeks um the governor has repeatedly said that you know there there are consequences if you defy what his edicts are you know he's talking about now about pulling people's licenses he's talking about um you know shutting businesses down canceling getting your insurance canceled if you um open up in a, in a zone, like in a red zone where you're not supposed to be open. Um, those are the scare taxes. These are things that are never in my lifetime would I have ever believed in the United States of America that we would have a governor that would be acting like this. Never would I have believed in the United States of America that we would have multiple governors acting like this. They're emboldened by the idea that they think – but this is the way that they're going to seize control this is really about ushering in socialism and ultimately communism in this country and this is the back door they can't do it in the, poll, in the in the polls they can't win at the ballot box with these arguments otherwise they would have done it already they've been trying for since the 1950s and 60s to usher in these progressive ideas to usher in socialism and communism here in this country first through very quiet means. And now it's right out in the open. I mean, when you have a Bernie Sanders running for president and he's polling fairly high and actually doing really well to the point where the, the Democrat committee has to take him out because they're afraid he's actually going to end up being the nominee. um, That's amazing to think where we've come in 50, 60 years, almost 60 years. Um, the, to see that kind of, of shift in, in people's thinking, and to see now where you know there are there's a cabal of, of Democrat governors who are basically saying by hook or by crook we're going to get this in, and if we have to put you over a barrel and force this down your throat we're going to do it. Um, and and you know boy I'll tell you what I have I have never I am hearing more people that are angry and they're democrats and they're staunch democrats and they're people that are like i didn't buy into this i don't want this who does this guy think he is he's killing my business he's right. not listening to me i will never vote democrat again that's exactly what we want to be hearing
0: well because it's, it's
1: really pulling out the shades back from a lot of people's eyes
0: well, there's no question. I think right now they, the public's getting a bird's eye view of what a Marxist governor looks like. You know, what, what could we possibly, uh, uh, you know, guess is going to happen from these these activists when they get elected. Wolf is demonstrating that right now. I mean, he's demonstrating. Mm-hmm. You've all, we've all talked about, well, these activists, they want to take over your gun rights. They want to take this. They want to take that. You know, give them a little window, a little niche, and they do it. I mean, that's what they do, and, and they, they jump on that. Well, let me help you here. I mean, they're going to do that. They're going to continue to do that. And they're going to push this every day. Okay. But when you give them a chance, it's like a plague like this. They're going to be all over this, like, like unbelievable. And that's what's happening right now. And they're, they're, they're demonstrating what these people are really like. And that's what's happening right now. You know, the America, the Republican party, America first agenda is an economic and military supremacy unmasked around the world, secure borders and law and order the best education on planet earth and truly an honest media that holds people accountable. That is an America first tradition. And, uh, you know, to have the best economy, you have to have trade policies that support the economy. You have to have environmental policies that support the economy. You have to have energy policies that support the economy. You have to have regulations that support the economy. You cannot have regulations and policies that handicap the economy Unless, of course, you want somebody else to get into the economy, OK, to take over our economy. And I think that's what you're seeing. I mean, secure open borders. I mean, this is what you have right now. The Democrats have open borders, sanctuary cities. This is what's going on. And education, we've ruined it. We've absolutely ruined education. I mean, and, and the Republicans want to bring that back. I mean, look, there, there's a whole lot we can get into on all of this. But the bottom line is, what Trump has made is he's made America first. He's taken it from a campaign slogan to a to a way of life in this country, um, you know, and that's what's happening. And that why don't you wrap this show up with uh, with what you think on that?
1: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think that's the one thing that that people um, are are realizing, and and they are going to be faced with a very important decision in November, and you know, at the national level, you know, do we put someone else in charge who? has a history of being in politics for over 40 years and very little accomplished um, when it comes to being able to look at successful policy? Or do you want someone who has spent three years fighting not just the mainstream media, fighting the Democrat Party uh, tooth and nail because they they have not really been helpful to him at all. And it, honestly, they've done everything they can to undermine his... His uh, presidency, and he has proven that he can take this economy from a struggling, limping economy to a roaring economy, that is the kind of person we need to have back in the White House. And that's, you know, looking at Pennsylvania, we, we have a tyrant in Harrisburg right now. And if we don't get a supermajority in the Senate and keep us in a bigger supermajority in the House, he's going to be unchecked for two more years. And people need to understand that that's a long two years of this kind of cycle where, you know, there's a little tiny blip of, of COVID and we're going to get shut down. Well, and that is a that is I, a very scary I,
0: prospect. I, I, I just think right now he, he there's a good chance he could be impeached. OK, going forward here. But I mean, I think he's breaking all kinds of, there, there's a whole all kinds of rules that uh, Wolf is breaking. He could be impeached going forward, Wolf. And I think Wolf could be uh, impeached by the state. I, I think the state assembly could be impeaching the guy. I think they've got grounds to impeach him now. All they need are the numbers. Um, and the Democrats have shown us. I mean, what? I mean, you, you can't let Wolf stay in. You cannot let him stay as governor. That that just can't continue. So, and I think the people of this state are having enough of that. I mean, we're, we're going to be watching the people take back their state. And I think Wolf is going to be on the sidelines very quickly. Uh, you know, he he does not have. Look, right now you've got about half the state feels like we probably should continue to wait. and The other half is like chewing at the bit to get away. But there's very few true <laughs> believers that really believe that we're under a state of emergency still. Very few. I mean, there's a lot of people that yeah. think, well, OK, we can be rational here. But believe me, every time that fifth dimensional character, LeVan, gets out there, every time he gets out there, every time Dr. You know, every time he, the, the, he gets out there along with our governor, they show they show themselves as the incompetent people they really are. You know, we also had what happened with the uh, with the nursing homes. and this is a big this is a big sham that went on with that. I think what was amazing with the nursing homes and how these Marxist governors handled this. Now, first off, incompetent governors trying to handle a crisis. well, i, I look, I, I don't want to be overly judgmental on them for that because none of us <laughs> would be handling something like this one hundred percent effectively. So I don't want to be overly critical but what they did was worse than incompetent it actually borderline derelict or criminal and this is where i'm i'm amazed what they did was they they were afraid they were going to run out of, run out of hospital beds so they had elderly that were in the hospitals that were in the hospitals with covid i should say with with illnesses and with COVID. but they sent them to these they sent but they had covid but they wanted to free up the beds so they sent them to the nursing homes with covid telling the nursing homes to care for these people. So they actually input COVID into the nursing homes by putting patients that had COVID into the nursing homes. And then, am I getting that right? Yes,
1: sadly you are. (laughs) It just, uh, it blows my mind that that would even be an option. But now we're hearing that not only did that happen here in Pennsylvania, it also happened in New York. And uh, they, if I remember correctly, it was Michigan as well. So there seems to be a lot of overlap with policy amongst uh, some of these Democrat states and governors. And you're right. uh, The idea that you would take patients that have had COVID-19 and we don't even know for sure exactly how long someone is shedding the virus. Um, They were not telling people if they were testing positive or negative before they were removed and why, why were we sending them away from empty hospitals? No one's answered that question either. So there's a question, you know, as to why. Why
0: are we sending infected people to these homes? I mean, why were we doing that?
1: Well, it, it's either incompetence, like you said, it's either, de- you know, complete incompetence, dereliction of duty for sure, um, or a willful disregard for, for people's safety. And then you have to ask, okay, if someone um, had gotten COVID-19 from a patient who was brought into the nursing home, are they culpable? You know, is there some kind of, of legal ramifications that need to result from that? And And, you know, I would love to hear someone talk about that because I think that it is absolutely criminal to tell us that we have to stay home and wash our hands and we can't be with the people that we love because we could unfortunately give them COVID. My mother in law, who's in her early eighties, we haven't seen her. We saw her through a window from 70 feet away because she lives on the, on the th- third floor of, of the retirement home. We could not go see her because we were told we could potentially infect her. And, you know, out of an abundance of caution to her and to the other residents there, we don't go in. But to actually put people in that home knowing that the person is COVID positive. I cannot for the life of me understand why it that breaks would be my heart a good idea. It,
0: it's heart wrenching. It, it really does. It breaks my heart. My dad was in a nursing home. I'm telling you, this breaks my heart. These poor people that are literally bedridden. That have a window to look out of. That's their joy. Their, their joy is the, the the aid coming in with the chocolate or tapioca pudding. They're, they're, what are they going to have for dinner? Going to the dining hall. I mean, I, you know, the 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 activity room, the puzzles or whatever they're doing. The the interaction with these people, the, the the therapists or whatever. The the interaction with guests coming in. My goodness, they put COVID in these places and then. They banned all visitors from going there. What they did to these poor people is unbelievable. I am so glad my mom got out of that nursing home she was in up in Rhode Island back in January uh, before all of this started coming down. And I'll tell you, I, I would be literally heartbroken if she, because I, I don't know. I, mean, I I don't know. I, I'd be out of my mind with this. So I feel sorry. Our prayers go out to the families that have people in nursing homes right now, because because we know we know what these Marxist governors, these incompetent governors did when they all thought they were going to be overwhelmed in hospital beds. They would all they, they all felt they were going to be over, 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 you know, overwhelmed and, and 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 obviously run out of beds. And so they tried to free the beds up by making these nursing homes, uh, so, uh, you know, help these people or I should say treat these people. I mean, look, folks. They forced the nursing homes to do this with threats of pulling their licenses. This is the this is to me where the criminality comes in. I hope that they go after Governor Andrew the pious Cuomo in New York with this. I, I really do. I think he was the most guilty of it all. Uh, but anyway, whatever the case is, many of these deaths across the country, we've had about 75,000 deaths or 80,000 deaths in this country somewhere in there. And we do know that two thirds of all those debts came in nursing homes or people that were over 70 that were in hospital beds, and uh, we know this. And uh, in Berks County, we know two-thirds of the deaths that we've had seen here are nursing homes and and, and assist, uh, assisted care living. Uh, we know that as well. So we're watching that. I think, look, folks, make no mistake about it, incompetency is in full view here in Pennsylvania. Larry, Moe, and Curley. Okay, we literally have an aloof, out of touch, incompetent governor who surrounded himself with 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 a a person out of the fifth dimension with Dr. Levin. Okay, this guy is a psychologist. He's not a medical doctor. He's a psychologist that actually has a mental disorder called called I believe it's called gender dysphoria. That's the mental disorder he's suffering from. And then we also have a lieutenant governor who is a self-proclaimed socialist pothead. Uh, That's who he is. Okay, just 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 check them out in news conferences. These people are extremely incompetent and they are governing the state and assuring that this state stays uh, into the uh, basically in a prolonged shutdown. They want to ruin business and ruin the lives of people that have achieved success in business by keeping their business closed. Well, folks, we are definitely out of time. We thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks to all of our listeners for listening to us. Thanks Annette for being with us. We're here every Saturday afternoon at 4.30 right here on AM radio, 1180 WFYL. Uh, You can tune in by going right to that line on the station at 1180 WFYL. um, Or you can actually, uh, during normal listening time, or you can listen to the podcast post that we put up, or you can listen live from wherever you're at on the planet by going to the internet and going to 1180WFYL.com and click listen live there, or you can go to YouTube and search 1180WFYL there and click listen live there. However you choose to do it, though, truly, you're the reason we're here. We appreciate you doing it. Thanks to all of our listeners. See you next week on The Watchman. For Annette Baker, I'm Clay Brees. Goodbye for now.